two, three, four. In this podcast, you will only hear Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader, includes but is not led to who talk of Star Wars, not Reagans. We can't truly prepare for the jump that follows this song, but hey, we give it a try. So here's the Knights of Vader. Crystal Fox reports they are divided. For equal sequel, hate and love they fight I know that we are just musicians hired. And their time is up, so here's the Knights of Vader. Impressive. Most impressive. A big thank you to Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. It is November 22nd, 2020. My name is Zach Weber, and joining us today is the Zenger with the most, Zenger. I'm no longer responsible for things on the show. That's what he thinks. And Russ Ryan. Giving him cookies. Yes, blue <laughs> macaroons. And insert certain level of Canadian Star Wars collector here, Chris Porteous. Happy to be here to discuss an episode that is chocked full of so many references. I'm not sure who they're trying to please. Tied for third. Tied for third right now. Tied for third. Yes, I think the most important reference of all is uh, how many blue macaroons does Baby Yoda eat throughout the episode? All I'm, I'm count. <laughs> oh, I'm count. Yeah, good pull with that. <laughs> I want... Okay, this is my first question. Okay. Um, they make a big point of saying, that, like, oh, your repairs are going to take a long time. Yet, like, Baby Yoda has that package of blue macaroons, and he's still eating it by the end of, like, the battle. And I'm like, how how long did it take to blow up an Imperial base? Like 15 minutes? Like he's literally eating the same sleeve of cookies that he was eating at the beginning of the episode. Like, this episode take like take place in real time? Like, is this the first time in Star Wars that we actually have in, like, events unfold in real time? Yeah, well, if, that, if I didn't really those, think about that. If those things are any like Girl Scout thin mints, um, they would have been gone already if I was involved. Like you wouldn't even have doing this all day. Holding them. They would have been just in my mouth. He could have just been this whole day walking around trying to find more cookies like that. I, I, I don't know, man. He's probably got a real strange metabolism because he's been a baby for 50 years. So, like, maybe he has to just really take it slow. Maybe well, he, he beat up the kid and took the rest of his cookies. Or maybe they were, they were there for a few days and he had the kid bring him cookies. Every single also, day? Did, hold on. Yes. But did you, did you guys – did you was it okay with you guys? Like, did you believe – that that kid just accepted it and didn't freak out and like make a scene. Like he just totally put up with his cookies being stolen. He didn't even take them back well, at all. Protocol droid was gonna protocol him if he did. It's bad etiquette. Yeah, these Navarro kids have probably seen a lot already. So they're <laughs> they're just happy that they get to their that their school isn't a bar anymore. They're super <laughs> well behaved. He is happy that he doesn't have to um worry about his cookies now. Like oh, it's not my problem anymore. He's like, I didn't even have cookies like a month ago. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's an upgrade. You know what? I I had cookies, and that's enough for me. Oh man. But the more important question is, uh, Zach, your your timely return from the um from the unknown region. You you have to in you have to tell us about last last episode though, not the episode of this show, which by all means should you be mean chapter. You mean chapter? Well, chapter. Yes, chapter. Tell us how much you liked all the not Boba Fett's fighting. Oh my gosh, um, there were so many not Boba Fett's. We, I mean, you, you, you had to take the time to just 
envision all the not Boba Fett's everywhere. It's okay. Why am I wear, not wearing my not not Boba Fett helmet? Okay, hold on. Yeah, hey, come on, helmet man. <laughs> You'd think it would be because of the impact on audio quality, but all I right, guess that's I've got it on it. now. My right. audio is fantastic. Is that Dinji Jaren? He's here. Or are you playing as Axe Woves? Are you Cobb Vanth? I, I, yes. Take off the armor. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, I need, to, I need to get my camera back. The negotiations so that you guys can see me, see you with me having the helmet on. Mm. The best Star Wars. The best Star you could Wars. Hear, you could hear the difference for sure. I believe it. Yeah. The audio quality just got slightly worse. Perfect. Awesome. Uh, uh, I I was fine with last week's. Are we talking about the episode of Knights of Vader, or are we talking about the actual Mandalorian episode? No, oh, no the we, rise we of established that, that we one. never speak of that episode <laughs> of Knights of Vader again. I was amused by that episode. Um, wow. No, uh, the rise of Bo Katan. Okay, I won on record that I'm pretty sure Chris could be my surrogate on the podcast, except for the fact that he craps on the sequel trilogy just a tad too much for my liking. Um. Other than that, Alien, Alien kinda, 3 is also great, by the way. No, that's not a movie. That's not a movie. That's not a movie. Go go get the, when the director walks. Okay, that's my biggest problem with last week's episode of Knights of Vader was the fact that we that somehow we all agreed that uh, Alien Cubed is a real movie. A, a movie doesn't become a movie if the director walks off and refuses to touch it 20 years later. It's more um, of a no. miracle that it turned out good considering that. It's not good. Never, it's not good. It's it's like you have weird stuff. Like in one cut of the movie, it's a dog. The aliens coming. You gotta out of the you gotta like stop talking about this alternate cut. Since there's no director's cut, why is there an alternate cut? Exactly. Forget about the alternate cut. It's about the assembly cut, schmendly cut. cut. Exactly. I don't pretend that doesn't exist. It's worse anyway. I'm just gonna pretend all the cuts don't exist. I think that's a fair compromise. Um. That's not a joke either. Anyway, though, uh, no, I enjoyed the episode uh, with the rise of Bo-Katan. I thought the thing of him crashing into the water, I laughed at that. Um, I also picked up on the fact that Bo-Katan has literally not aged a single day over the course of the entire series. I find that fascinating that essentially we're introduced to her the same time that Boba Fett is a child, and yet somehow he looks a million years old and she looks identical. Um, I found that fascinating that Clearly, Mandalorians don't age, which makes, I guess, part of their argument that uh, that Boba Fett is not a true Mandalorian, I guess, all the more validated, I guess. Um, I liked it. It was it was neat. Um, I feel the show is kind of doing the same thing that Rebels eventually did for a lot of its runtime, whereas that it's just the good guys shooting at the bad guys, which is fine. Um, this I'm getting tired of every single episode of having the Mandalorian walk down a corridor and just shooting stormtroopers. Um, it's like we've seen that how many times this season? I'm like, okay, it's neat, but like I'm getting bored with it. Um, I think it I, again, Bo-Katan, I think is an infinitely more interesting character than anything we've gotten on the show so far. I know there's a rumor going around apparently that she's gonna be a focus of the Bad Batch. That she's gonna play some role in that animated series coming, but uh. Yeah, that's a thing that's happening. Um, they're already making toys off of it. Um, I guess it's the true what Imperial uh, was it Imperial Commando series that we always wanted after Republic Commando from what fifteen plus years ago. I guess we're finally going to get that, but it's going to be just a bunch of clones talking about their feelings during the Empire. Yeah, that was pre Revenge of the Sith. That game, crazy. I know. I know. And everybody was like, "Oh man, we're going to get like Imperial Commando," and we never got that. Except now we are getting that, but with a bunch of characters we don't really care about. 
Um, uh, but no, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. I don't think it was anything to get excited about. Um, not really anything in this second season. Like it's this, this season's not overall considering we're at the halfway point. Nothing has made me angry, but I've also set the bar incredibly low. As long as I'm amused by what's going on, I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, I thought the reveal at this, at, at the end of this week's episode, like I kind of rolled my eyes at it. Um, the fact that they're going to do dark, dark troopers again after they did it in rebels. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I, I guess there's worse things in, in, the world when it comes to Star Wars, when it comes to pulling things from from legends, uh, I, I still think Moff Gideon is a, is kind of a know nothing villain. He he had he's completely like kind of impotent. He had he hasn't really done anything, um, so I don't see him as a threat. I don't get this big thing like oh man, Moff, Moff Gideon can't know we're here. It's like what's he gonna do? Send a bunch of third rate stormtroopers that weren't on the Death Star that weren't there when the Emperor was there. I'm like there's he's no threat. It's almost um, like Thrawn and Rebels. That's uh, re- uh, yes and no. The problem is that Filoni didn't know how to write Thrawn properly, and that's why I'm so nervous for next week's episode because we all know my opinion on the cowboy hat man, and that he really he he understands Star Wars when he's uh, when he's at his most hands off with it. It's weird. He has almost the same thing that George Lucas had with Star Wars is that he understands it at its best when he's not directly involved with it. Um, he's a better producer than he is a writer or director, but a lot of this too, I think is also the Favrelorian's fault because I know he's the right, he's listed as like the sole writer of almost all these episodes. That doesn't, um, that doesn't really, that doesn't really explain resistance considering he's pretty hands off with that. Floney wasn't hands on with resistance. He was listed as, I think like a, like a executive producer. That's what I mean. You say, he's, yeah, well, I mean, you say no, he's, like, he's hands off. No, but I mean, though, like hands off is in, like he's involved, but he's not like micromanaging everything. Like he was well, too busy with Mandalorian to get involved with Resistance, right? I mean, you know, I think we can all agree his biggest mistake was continuing to appear as Wolf McGuy Space Captain. Hey, hey, at least he wasn't in this episode. So, like, we should, you know, what? Let's take our blessings. We, we dodged that bullet. Like, I know there's two X-wings there on the bar, and I'm like, oh god, oh god. And then it's just I forget the other guy's name, and I'm like, okay. And to me, I was that happy was the be- that. Well, yeah, and like, and to me, that was the that was the best moment of this entire episode was him talking to Gina Carano, and he's like, like you know, the core, like I know the core worlds don't believe what's going on out here, but something's happening, and I'm like that's great. I'm like that's all I need. Like that's all I need. You have two characters talking about the state of the world, the state of the galaxy, and they're foreshadowing at the same time. I'm like that's all I need in this show. I just want the characters doing stuff other than just like flailing around. Doing actiony nonsense. It, like, it is I, nice. It is nice that we sort of get a taste of where the galaxy's at politically. We don't need to see it up front, but you know, it's nice to get a small taste of it, unlike what we got for three entire movies. You know what I mean? Like just little pieces here and there, like telling us what's going on. Well, that was the that was the problem with the sequel trilogies. They never, and to this day, they've never really laid out the relationship. And I know there's probably a couple books where it's hinted at. I know in the. Uh, Oh God, Bloodlines book. They talk about like Leia's thing with like her frustration with the New Republic, uh, but like we never got any sort of like genuine, concrete like relationship between the Resistance and the New Republic. Except that, that one, like, that one, that one sequence where you actually get like the first person view of a Death Star destroying a planet, which was like per- like one of the funniest things about the Force Awakens. Let's be honest, funniest. 
Well, the point about is, the woman whose whose political scenes were cut out because they were like, "This is not the prequels." That's why we don't know anything about it. They were so scared off by everyone right, constantly like, complaining about Senate. But that I, but they were you like, know, you can't know anything. Exactly, but haven't you always since a new hope? And first of all, let's acknowledge Zinger's Boba Fett helmet because he obviously wants us to. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's good. See, I got the camera yep. set up. Yep, there it, it is. It's beautiful. Oh it's the prototype God. version. It's very oh, nice. It's so cool. So cool. Um, as, this, as this thing. There it is. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. It looks like Cobb Vance. That's awesome. But you know, but but even but ever since yet. ever since a new hope though, haven't you always like like it's it's the way Aldron's destroyed is so is so third person, you know what I mean? You don't know anyone's there. There's no you don't see any ships flying away from it as it, as they come close to it. There's it doesn't even look like they've got satellites or anything, right? This thing just so, blows up without you even getting a taste of what's down there. It's so what so, you're saying is you want Zack Snyder to recut this to show it like the destruction of um Krypton. No, I'm just saying they did that they did that by by surrogate by showing it on another planet just that like i don't think much is creative or interesting about the sequel trilogy but like there's the odd thing here and there and i'll give it them that that is kind of bold to show people staring up at the imminent destruction of their entire planet while they're standing on it it's kind of edgy it's, it was it was pretty it was kind of cool well, well like, also i just want to point out that the only true way to watch mandalorian is as a mandalorian because this week's episode was way better when i was sitting here with my prototype boba fett helmet watching the show <laughs> through the fog-laden screen i have to look through. well you know you might not notice preposterous things like aspect ratio changes during the or or random <laughs> people on set just still in the background standing around yeah, that's one bad rule. I don't like. I I didn't catch it. Of course, everyone catches that kind of stuff online. But I mean, just so just based off of what happened in Game of Thrones, like that's always just a bad little sign. And hopefully, there's not gonna be more of that. But in Star Wars, especially, I mean, what the next day we saw custom action figures of the guy, and yeah, don't leave the extras or the the whoever that guy is, the PA standing in the shot. I didn't pick up on that. I, I'm okay. Legitimately, I did miss in the episode, but of course, the internet memes everything that exists. So I saw it thanks to the internet. Do you think yeah. it was? It, I like a, a deep conspiracy theory would be that it's a deliberate reference to the green shirt guy from A New Hope. Oh, this you know is what? just a, a secret sure. member berry for even the deepest of people. Because the old man's are like, that guy has a green shirt too. It's amazing. I think they did edit out the New Hope green shirt guy at at some point, though. Well, we are getting a special edition of Mandalorian, so I mean, they'll they'll clean all that stuff up. <laughs> so, um, as a side note, I, I know that this is important to everyone. I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but I am playing Battlegrounds, and I am able to now make Phase One Dark Troopers. So, I am officially at the stage the show is at. Okay, you caught up to Gideon. You're at Gideon level right I, now. I am now Moff Zinger, aka. Equivalent to Moff Gideon. Now, if I only had the child, I, I need well, to. Why well, you didn't go with the Moff uh, Zanger thing before? The, the love of the Star Destroyer, the Moff Zanger. That makes God, sense. It's perfect. Russ, uh, you complete me. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, what do you. Like, obviously, next week we're getting Ahsoka. Are and, we? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's the Cowboy Hat Man episode, and it's titled The Jedi. Oh well, yeah. Gonna be I, I, knew, I didn't know it, that the title had been released, but I think everyone's been kind of figuring this was going to be his baby. 
But like I, I just like and obviously this is gonna be the ground this is gonna be the kind of like the backdoor pilot for that show when it gets announced sometime in like the end of December, early January. But it's like I I watched this episode again right before we did this recording, and I'm just like I watched it and like I just was indifferent. Like it's just like not like my normal, like where like I get mad like when it's an army of not Boba Fett's fighting. This is just like eh. I just like I'm like I don't know. There's something kind of just weirdly hollow about this season. It feels like it's, it's a lot of groundwork for something that's just like like I just like even like they have like it feels so like sitcommy and formulaic, like in a way that even like Rebels and Resistance wasn't even like. So that's you're saying like, that Gina Carano should come like in through like a door. And have the you know the audience laugh for a little. She bit pretty much does when she shows up in this episode. Oh my god, yeah, she does. Um, so, side note, real quick, um, before I forget, uh, I thoroughly loved the hand-to-hand combat stuff. Like it, it was just a one punch, two punch done or laser blast. It was really cool. And yes, I know she's an MMA fighter, but it was awesome to see somebody actually like do some real fighting in Star Wars and beat up a bunch of walrus mans. They deserved it. They always do, yeah. It, that and that was um. I didn't catch this the first round. I think I was watching on a smaller screen, but that was the 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 Mandalorians. That was yeah. where the armor hung out, right? Where that, yep. that fight was going on. Yep. And things changed around there fast. Yeah, a bunch of walrus mans taking over. Yeah, I was cool. I, at not one cool. point. I looked and I was curious to see if that any of the the not Ponda Babus were going to have a cybernetic arm. So it would be the exact same one from A New Hope. Well, they're they're a lot more they're a lot closer to the episode one design of the ones you see in the Senate who are making like a weird noise when they're like clapping for a yes. Queen Amidala or something. They they don't really look that much like Ponda Babu, but uh, I don't. They made them a little more detailed in episode one. They kind of look like those guys. That's what I mean. But I'm surprised one of them didn't have like a cybernetic right arm. I'm like, I, just so we know that it's the same guy from a new, from the bar in New Hope. Well, I mean, they're Jetta. They already like yeah like if you like if they didn't like knock you out of consciousness with his appearance in Rogue One like I don't think they need to do that you know what I mean like give, never give mind telling with cybernetic arm yeah, wait they, wasn't he one of the ones running around in 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 what was it Rebels right or Clone Wars that one episode yeah it was Clone Wars with the, well those the are the, like the figure those are like the figures yeah, so like, like, yeah, yeah. they should made one look yeah. just like the action figure with no one yeah you know, the, the and it wasn't even response. one it was like all the only background characters in the that arc where where basically counter cantina aliens like on everywhere they went there would be like four more of them behind there but they didn't they were really kind of low on background character models for that season i guess i don't know why that would ever be the case but (laughs) (laughs) oh i love it i love it so much um but yeah okay going back to this episode because clearly we we have so much to discuss um like like, was there anything like I can't imagine this being anyone's favorite episode of the season. I just so, can't. it's up there for I, me so far. I heard. Yeah. I, I, like, I like, I don't know. I found it pretty interesting. Um, I think so. Like they get to this this Imperial base on Navarro. That's like really sparsely populated. Right. And like, so I'm one one. I'm kind of curious about your guys take on this. But like, so the whole the whole clone room, the cl- room with the with the room with the alien resurrection clones in it. <laughs> Like, do you, do you guys think that like, so like when we're talking about story threads, they hint at, but they might turn into nothing. They might turn into a whole separate series spinoff, or they're going to be addressed later in the Mandalorian. 
like stuff like Bo-Katan and Boba Fett, do you think that this hint at this sort of clone process, do you think that's the end of it for this? Do you think there's I like- think that clone thing has to do more with the dark troopers or something to do with that. I think it's a mislead for everyone of course thinks it's going to be Palpatine related, but I'm like I I just don't want to imagine the entire like like Palpatine being like cloned and being something that like was a thing was a very heavily guarded secret. Well, it's going to be it would be Snoke, not Palpatine, but yeah. But, but it, like, no, I mean, still doing that whole program would be very secretive. And you got some random base doing it. I don't know. I feel like getting it somewhere. something on his own separate from what the Empire was doing. And I think All it right, might but- have something to do with the troops. I doubt it because just because the dark troopers were kind of already canon because of rebels and they're clearly droids. So it's like, I don't think they're related in that sense. And also it's kind of like they're talking about midichlorian count when they're talking about these clones. M-count. So like, yeah, they exactly. can't say well, that word. Let's, let's say it's called like it is right. And I, and shame on them for not actually saying it. Cause you know what that's about. And that's, that's not not very nice, but, um, but like, but you know, I think it's totally separate from the dark troopers because like those have been droids forever. They're already droids in canon. I don't think that's what what's going on there. Exactly. So will they what's be some opinion? kind of force Im- imbued clones that are yeah, I'm, stuck I'm, I'm in Darth Vader armors? I like that idea. That what would are they be clones some... of then? Are they Mando? Cl- are they like Jango Fett strain clones mixed with force ability or? No, they, no. You know what? You want to know what my dream is? They're actually some form of like Star Killer clones, but I'm pretty sure they say loop clones. Maybe they maybe they'll they'll work the hand and the lightsaber in. Luke with two U's. Luke with two U's. Maybe you can chime in on this, but uh, I'm pretty sure that the Rise of Skywalker novelization contradicts like clones being able to have force abilities to some degree, at least until much later in the game when they figured out Palpatine. The Force Unleashed. You mean? No, the sorry, sorry, the Rise of Skywalker novelization. Oh, um, they talk about cl- the clones not having force abilities for the first few times they tried. Right? There's something. Yeah, about they, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, I, God, that Rise of Skywalker novelization. Feel like it was an eternity ago. But right that's now. A, but that's a subplot like related to like Ray's dad and stuff, right? Like how he's like he didn't really. They have just kind of made one that they're like, oh, I guess he doesn't have metachlorians because I guess you can like juice on metachlorians if you really want to which confuses me to no end but you know well, what, that's what do they I know? talk about in this episode yeah they're like they wanted the metachlorian blood transfusion but they didn't have they couldn't take out enough blood because baby yoda's eight inches tall i love it like so that. much metachlorian blood transfusion i love it i love what star wars is like that's that's literally what they said thing that we're talking yeah. about i know it's delightful i i love i love how absurd they've made star wars it's, it's schlock um, which is what it's always been. No one just ever realized it. Um, uh, no, like with the clones, I I do think it it depends on what they're going to do with the dark troopers. If the dark troopers are some level of um, human, then yes, that's what they're obviously leading towards. Personally, I think it's meant to be some level of oh look the imperials were dabbing and cloning we know that scientist man from the first season and this episode in the hologram from his uniform we know that he's wearing like kaminoan like like fatigues based on their symbol um i do think if it's not 
Dark Trooper stuff, it is meant to be some very, very distant foreshadowing of what's what the Empire has been trying to do. Um, I think once again they're trying to make the Empire out to be um, very Nazi esque, and that like the Nazis were into very, very occult things, and they kind of tried everything. Um, I, I don't know; it's weird because like I was talking to somebody at my work the other day about Cobb Vance. And it's like, oh, like this new character that's wearing Boba Fett's arbor. I'm like, he's not a new character. He's been around since like September 2015. Like they kind of just put him on ice for a while because they didn't know what to do with him. And they're like, oh, what is this aftermath trilogy? And I'm like, a bunch of stuff happened in those books that is really important, but at the same time, they've also kind of just blatantly ignored. Um, everybody knows the giant, giant hard on I had for chapter 35 of that last book, where like they blatantly lay out the Palpatines coming back. Everybody to this day ignores that. I feel like um, we were going to do an episode on that. We were, and then we just ran out of time with everything going on. Oh. Um, it's like I said, I still think that's the, again the, the aftermath books were important. Um, but bring this back to the point of the clones. Um, I think the empire did everything. And I think now that the sequel trilogy is is set in stone, they are going to try, they're going to, what they're going to do is they're going to try to retroactively connect things kind of like what the clone wars animated series, the one that Zenger, the, the Zenger's second favorite of two is did after the fact, um, I think they're going to do that. I think there's going to be a lot of tying things together. Like, oh, the reason why, like, at the, like, again, I think they're going to do that. I think there's going to be a lot of connected tissue over the years. Um, but do you think it's going to be paid off? Do you think that any more of that is going to be paid off in Mandalorian? Because, like, let's be, like, I'm, I can, I'll, I know you guys are talking about the Dark Troopers. I will, I would, I would bet a lot that that has nothing to do with the Dark Troopers, like, right now. I don't like, think I just, it does. I think it's, just, clones, it's, it's, it's a fun, yeah. It's a fun visual Easter egg. It's just, it's there for the sake of just being there. It's a neat visual. Having Mandalorian, and it's even shown at the end with the concept art, having him like walk down this corridor and you see a bunch of bodies and vats, that's a cool visual. Um, whether that means anything specifically, it's anyone's guess right now. There's a good chance they don't even know what it, what it well, means. Well, I guess there's still, like, I mean, you get the from the incredibly brief and low on substance scene featuring Moff Gideon in this episode, you do get the vibe that, like, uh, Dr. Pershing's hologram says they didn't have enough blood from the child. So they, so they, it's like as if whatever is in those vats, they couldn't quite finish the job and on that experiment because they didn't have enough blood. So they're still looking for the child, presumably to keep that experiment going. But then again, that base just got destroyed. So wait a second. What if Gideon's juicing? Force juicing? Yeah, he's trying yeah, to force juice. We talked about that. I don't know if that's possible, possible. but I can see. Yeah, he's like, I need that. I need that baby Yoda blood for uh, this clone experiment. Meanwhile, he's in a closet, like injecting it. (laughs) Trying to steal cookies at the in the cafeteria, and it's just not quite getting it yet. Yeah, so he can win the next uh, Imperial Remnant Olympics. Perfect. Um, Star Wars has become, uh, I, I, again, I think the jury is out. I think some people have to realize a fun visual. is just a fun visual. Sometimes it doesn't exactly mean anything. I, 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 in the sense of like in a direct sense, like it's not like, oh man, we're going to figure out what this means again. Think of, think of, I think the new, what standard bear is probably Cobb Vanth. You have a character that had not shown up in <sighs> over three years and three and a half years and look, he he made a big splash in that first episode of the season. Of and, being a heartthrob. 
Yes, very a very very handsome not Mandalorian, and that I think that's just what it is. Sometimes we just kind of have to let things go and just see where they play out. So what you're saying is it's definitely Snoke. It's 100 percent Snoke. Yeah. Well, okay, now you but, wait, but wait. Like, are they cloning um, Carve the Vamp? Are these going to have an army of heartthrobs out there? Oh, boy. oh. An army of Timothy Oliphants. Good. I cannot wait for that army of elephants to try to cross the Alps. <laughs> They'll never betray you just because uh, somebody tells them histor- to. History reference. Deep cut by Zinger. I know. So, like, look, it was a good idea 15 years ago to clone uh, this guy, uh, Tamora Morrison. Can we get a hunk in there this time? Can we have, like, a hunk <laughs> army going? Like, what are we doing here? Perfect. Get me more of them. Um, but yeah, like I, that's the weird thing about this, like what Star Wars is now, is that Star Wars is like this, it's, I can't tell what model it's following, and I have to say, like, and this is a weird tangent to take, but like, now that like, Marvel is on, like, ice, because of what's going on in the world currently, it's interesting to see what Star oh, Wars is going to do. the Black Widow movie, so they're just refusing to release it? I think there's, depend. I think there's a real chance that that movie gets VOD'd. Or, or Disney Plus, whatever you want to call it. Now that Wonder Woman's coming out, say, like on on, it, on what HBO Max. Yeah, like isn't month. it wild? Isn't it wild that the two biggest superhero movies that were affected by all this shutdown are Wonder Woman and Black Widow? <laughs> just had to be the, some of the few just super female centric ones. Are like, oh well, we bad bad timing. Um, what you're saying on, is Russ, that COVID are... is misogynistic. I heard a video about that. That's an interesting thought. But I mean, let's be honest. Like, no one's nearly as ex- like I don't. I'm not interested at all in either of them. But I know for a fact that no one could possibly be more excited about Black Widow than Wonder Woman 1984. Right? Like, Black Widow's like she's already dead in the chronology. It's not oh, the most exciting alert. Marvel character for two. Well, years. You, you know, you are okay. I guess okay. And maybe Zenger knows about this. But have you heard what what the Black Widow movie is? I think I saw something where it's like Stranger Things dad is like a superhero, too. It's like all. Um, yeah, I remember well, yeah. seeing trailers for it a long time ago. I it just, just sounded like a bunch it. of like Russian Secret Service stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. But but like this is like this is like, OK, and Z- again, I, I'm guessing Zenger might know this, but Comrade the, Incredibles the, or something. You're not wrong. Um how that everyone figures like oh like it's a movie that takes place in the past because scarlett johansson is dead in the continuity and zinger remembers that like the big rumor was that robert downey jr is gonna be in the movie like as a cameo um what i've heard i have nothing to back this up with is that it would be the like the post-credit sequence would be robert downey jr and it would be something something oh man like i can't believe he's gone and they're gonna be like yeah i can't believe he's gone too and it's gonna be Captain America who did this, did the I am Iron Man snap, and it's gonna be the first taste of the multiverse. Oh. And that's what it's gonna be. It's gonna, and then it would lead directly. It, think oh. about it before before COVID, oh, before COVID, it would have been that. Then it would have been WandaVision because WandaVision was supposed to come out sometime in the fall. I think it got pushed until January. Then you would be like, okay, you have your Eternals, which are kind of like outside of all this, and then you would have. Um, Think about it, Doctor Strange would have come out this uh, May if, if it wasn't for everything I'm, going I'm gonna on. I'm going to get right a now. little blue real quick. So here's your warning if you want to edit. Um, Zach, you need to stop. My penis can only get so erect. Or something <laughs> that God, I have, they, no, the, I, the, I have no the, idea what you guys are talking about. These <laughs> balls. Like, I mean, 
Jesus. I they, they must have wheelbarrows <laughs> over there at the writers' rooms. Oh my god. So no, here's excited. the thing. If they legitimately did that, I would stand up, salute, clap, tear a chair off, throw it, just be like, that was awesome. Because they're they are totally going into this multiverse craziness. <sighs> And just going full comics crazy. And you know who loves that kind of stuff? Me. You comics are aware they're, they're bringing back books. Jamie Foxx Electro. They're going to bring Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield back. Like, that's a fait accompli at this point. Well, the fact yeah. that they're acknowledging that um, um, uh, I, I Hate Mondays was ever Spider-Man is something in, in, in my book that is at least somewhat acceptable. But also not. I God, I, I refuse to watch those movies. You should. You, I, now you're gonna have to watch those movies because they're gonna. Hard, we, they're gonna be like, like, what's the word? Backdoored into canon. You know who's gonna got whenever Avengers whatever comes out and I have to rewatch all these again. Ellie still hasn't watched Endgame. <laughs> yeah, you are. You want to be insulted right now? I watched Endgame this week and I've seen none of the others, and I had no work? clue. I had because my my brother was over here and he was like, yo, he just put it on and I was just watching it and I just had no clue what was happening. And I found it like very, I mean, I just I like, you know, I, I, I watched the first 15 minutes of Joss Whedon Avengers and couldn't bear anymore. So I stopped watching it and then I got all of Endgame and I still don't know what you guys are talking about. Um, Yeah. And as far as what you are talking about, all the Jedi. Not yet. All the Jedi. I don't think you're gonna get that multiverse thing, man. You're gonna be lucky to have Deadpool at, as the closing uh, tease at the end. They're they're not gonna go in that direction. It would confuse I, way but, too many people. Have you but heard? You, oh, 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 okay. No, no, I got correct, Russ. Have you heard the rumors that they want to have from Doctor Strange to the multiverse Boogaloo? They want to have Tom Cruise as Iron Man. Yeah. Because he was originally supposed to be cast as Iron Man like a long time ago. They're doing a lot Deep of like, they're doing a lot of weird stuff right now, Russ. Remember, and they, they I have am ideas. So on board is Edward Norton going to be in that universe? Going to do something I like that? I well, you surprised. know, after the Universal Monsters universe failed, Tom Cruise like has a universe slot available, so <laughs> you can get in on that. I still hope. Hold on, I still think the MonsterVerse is coming around. They're just they're dark universe, Russ. The, the dark. dark universe. Universe. They had to make a logo for it. (laughs) You know it's real if they make a logo. Oh, God. Who was that? It was Johnny Depp was the Invisible Man. Tom Cruise was somebody. The Mummy. mummy. He was and he wasn't. Um, Oh, God. Who else was that? What? Javier Bardem was Frankenstein. Yeah, who was was it? It was Benicio Del Toro was uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, <laughs> is that true? Is that true? Yeah, that would be cool. He was, I know he was in a Wolfman movie, so might, and Tom might. Cruise was Brendan Fraser, and it's complete. <laughs> and Brendan Fraser is Brendan Fraser. Um, no, and Brendan Fraser's Iron Man in DC. Perfect. Oh my God. Um, Mandalorian. Okay, clearly we all love this episode so much that we've um, talked about other stuff. I can't. I don't know what to talk about with this episode. Like, there's literally Paul nothing... Weather's amazing directing. Ability. Can we can we talk about like space we talk, weather? There's a big problem here. So like another another movie I've been like putting off watching for ages that I got to in the last week with all my free time was was uh was Terminator. What's the most recent Terminator? Dark Fate. There you go. So so that had uh, that reminded me that that reminded me of this episode of Mandalorian when it comes to like 
can someone please explain to these guys that you can direct an action sequence in a way that doesn't make you groan and roll your eyes horribly? Like, Carl Weathers purposely missing all these TIE fighters for 100 years is really upsetting when you see him, like, locked right in on the targeting computer and then he's just literally shooting the cliffs. Like, that's constantly. what I... I thought and that then was it, leading to him doing something. He's going to make a whole clip yeah. like go I mean, in on itself. I didn't it's, know what he was doing there. Yeah, it's and he literally, directed it. Yeah, it looked like he was trying to like cause like an avalanche or something. Whatever. It it, it made no sense. And but like that like and and I'm watching I'm watching Dark Fate and it does this this thing that's a kind of like it's something you see a lot in superhero movies where like you the the this overpowered very kinetic fights happening and this villain grabs the hero and instead of just crushing the life out of them they throw them 10 or 15 feet yes so can we just not do that because like that's what this tie fighter thing is can you just make an can you make give me a reason why his gun doesn't work have one of the tie fighters shoot his gun if he's gonna miss them for 10 minutes just have a reason why his gun doesn't work why do you like like it's not like you need to make like you could write you don't need to write that this Terminator grabs the guy by the neck. If he's just going to throw him, don't have him grab him by the neck. Like there's a way you can write these sequences where it doesn't make you go. What the hell was that? And it's so just wait, like, how wait. is that so hard? Like you just, you, you like you're in complete control of this a situation, right? Like you don't need to write the action in a way that makes me annoyed with you. So wait, are you upset with the writing or the directing in this? Because you keep saying writing. Is it writing? I guess it's writing. I don't know. Well, the, well, the like, problem is that it comes down to whoever's doing second unit. It's the issue that like it's what it's the same. The reason why they also brought in John Favreau is that it's following that Marvel thing where like the director is not really allowed to touch second unit like action sequences. Yeah, it reminds me of yeah. It's like that. It's like in in the in the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, where the script just said the Fellowship runs down the stairs. But in the in the movie, there's this giant sequence in a volcano where this, they're they're like lunging over cliffs and like the stairway is like falling. It's like somebody where at what stage are is all this action description put in? But that's the thing. I don't think it's put in. I think it says you probably if you look at the shooting script. It probably says like, okay, Grief Karga and Cardoon and Blue Man. Mithril. Horatio uh, Sands. Miss sure. Mithril. Yeah, with Mithril, his yes. musical guest, Humanity Vest. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, nice. man. Nice. Nice. Um, but the, like, it would say in the script, I imagine, like, evade TIE fighters on their way back to village. And that's probably all it says. So when they it, film with Carl Weathers, like, like pressing the joysticks, they didn't have any clue about it at that point. Is what, they probably did. Saying? They prop. In my guess, I could be wrong, but based on what I've seen and read about what Marvel does, that is what it typically is. That's why, like, you look at a lot of those Marvel action sequences that aren't like the really big, like, third act ones. The ones that are just kind of like the throwaways in the first and second act. They're kind of just like jarring and they kind of just don't connect to the plot in any sort of meaningful way. Um, that's what it is. It's just second unit doing it. And they've been told, okay, uh, we have this. And think of think of all the moving pieces you have when filming that. Like, okay, you have to match, you have to have the animatics match up with the actors. You have to have all these things happening. And that's why you have this. So, like, okay, they're told this action sequence has to last, I don't know, three minutes. So basically, so I do blame Pat it. 
All right, so I do blame the writers then because you well, could, it's the producers. You could have, yeah, but you could it's have Favreau's de- fault. Yeah, but the script could be more detailed. Like for example, you see Carl Weathers playing the I video game the there. Audience. He's got he's Carl Weathers got no, no. Don't even start, man. You got you, like <laughs> listen, it's bad. I swear it's bad. Like you got Carl Weathers looking like he's not really paying attention to what he's shooting at. If the script said like he was really focusing and like he narrowly missed a few shots, like you, just give them something that they can shoot. Rather than just play shoot the non-existent Tie Fighters, you but know that's what I mean. What, but Pull that's what Carl Weathers. Yeah, look, he's directing this and he's telling them what is the coolest looking thing I can do while sitting down. Because but he I'm doesn't Paul look Weathers engaged. He doesn't look engaged in this battle to me, and he didn't know what he was looking at. That's part of the problem. I feel like I I, I don't think he knew what he was looking at when he was shooting. <laughs> but I'm, I'm with Russ. Whoever directed this did a bad job of directing Carl Weathers on what to do. There it is. <laughs> it's almost as if he was distracted. Who wrote it? Oh, it's Favreau. Favreau writes every episode. Really? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he is credited as the main writer on every episode. I guess he, it maybe it's like a book stop tier kind of thing with him. Who knows? It just kicks in the door in the writer's room, yells that they need to put something in. They all roll their eyes and get back to, you know, planning yeah. out what Baby Yoda's going to do this week. I think that is Favreau, though, who writes. And then they take the space van down the street and then the TIE fighters have to shoot it, which it is kind of a, a, amazing that they are able to actually get out of there. I mean, of course, it's written like that. But one of those things that up against TIE fighters doesn't seem, you know, seem like it'd be easy pickings. The yeah. speeder bikes, no. The, I like watching those guys crash. Uh, that was oh, man. No, it seemed unnecessary, speeder... but fun. You know what? I've never been like speeder bikes are cool until that one scene where they all just jump off and uh, going down the cliff. And I'm like. Wow, speeder bikes are cool, and then they crash. I'm like, oh wait, that's right. I well, I, you know, I I like. I'm just gonna point this out because it's completely true. But I was watching this. I was watching this, and I said, I said out loud uh, to somebody when I was watching it, like they jumped off that cliff, and I was like, imagine if two of them just screw up and die, like on the way down. And that happens like, <laughs> seconds later, and it's just like, it's just like I'm kind of glad because it on some level, it's like. Why would you just blindly jump off that thing? That's like a helicopter landing pad. Like it's out. It's just it's wild. They would have just let him go probably, but because they they shouldn't. Like I don't think that vehicle, the troop transport, shouldn't even be able to do something like that. But um, but like it was just funny seeing it happen in real time that way. But I do like like the the part where the troop transport like squishes the one speeder bike like into the cliffside like. That's pretty gnarly. Like, I appreciated that, but I would have felt more like I just I would have just felt more engaged and I would have been I would have felt happier with the thing as a final product by the end if there weren't this sort of groaner action where it's like he's just like Carl Weathers is like listfully shooting and like not really sure what he's looking at because he's a million years old and like not didn't get the animatics and like. And then, and then, you know, he's just missing the TIE fighters by a mile, even though they're like literally in the crosshairs of his little display. So, so, you you know, I, you know, I just, I, I wish they could like, like, I don't think I'm asking for too much. It's not a budget thing. It's like, just think about these action sequences in a way where I feel like the characters are actually engaged and involved. And I think I would have been a lot happier by the end of it, but I, I don't think this is, I don't think this is the worst of the season so far. That's for sure. Uh, uh th- that's the weird thing about this, though, is that like it's te- like this is why I keep trying to explain to people. Everybody gets so excited over this dumb show, 
And it's like, it's television. They're not going to spend as much time on this as they can. It's like anything in life. The more time you devote to something, you can always polish and refine it. This, they're not going to do that with this. They're just not. Like, think of, like, every time we see a Razor Crest, like, flying sequence, it's, it has, like, say what you will about the Rise of Skywalker and the Battle of Exegol. But, like, there's a visceralness to that battle that's not here in any action sequence that, like, features the Razor Crest. Like, the Razor Crest feels like the least Star Warsy ship ever because it just – it feels almost like a cotton ball and how it just flies. I mean, like, they, I've, they I ran could, over I, and stole it from the set of um, of uh, Firefly. Firefly. Okay, like, we could really, like – like, I mean, I completely disagree. I think the Battle of Exegol is, like, what even happened there? I have no idea. But um, gotta read the the novel. The right. novel <laughs> explains it. So then, like, when you watch the movie, it all <laughs> makes sense. And there's a scene where, like, what it really was missing was that montage of like Lando stopping at like twelve different planets and like trying to get people to join him. Come but, um, on, I don't know. Come on. Okay, I guess. Uh, I no, still but, like what was in the Duel of the Fate script, where like you see all these different like like people on planets and one of them is um like bosk sitting like on a throne of like i don't know like empty beer cans and like he like snarls at the transmission <laughs> i'm just like why why couldn't we get that please like just like like a completely like disinterested bosk just snarling i'm like i want that's all i want from one of these that and then projects. like he then he looked down at some pad and they see like a payment go through to him he just rolls his eyes he sounds like five ships like all right it was, i was into it you know, they kept it in until J.J. Abrams read it, and he didn't know who Bosk was, so they cut it out. <laughs> Is this yeah. Bosk Nass? No, we're not doing any any prequel stuff. <laughs> Wait, I have a question, Chris. Have you, uh, I think it's out by now, have you looked into that, the, the 40th anniversary, uh, from a certain point of view, Empire Strikes Back version? Why would, you, why would you do that to yourself after the last one? Have you know. looked? Did you look at the excerpt they have for the bounty hunters on the bridge of the executor? Have you? Have I can't. You seen I can't. I can't bring myself to even look into it at all because it's horrible. Uh, because it's horrible. It, well, of course it is. But like, there was no. It was never going to be any other way. But like on some, like that kind of stuff, I have to stay away from it because, like, I actually want to continue to like Star Wars. It's bad. Imagine. Imagine if somebody. They did the same thing they did with everything else. Again, nobody understands what makes Star Wars special at Disney. They explained away the no disintegrations line. I think for the third time now, they just keep it. It's funny, like every time they explain it, nobody in the fandom picks up on it, and yet they feel compelled to just keep reiterating that, like it was a not, like it was a no big deal thing. Um, to the point where, like, I can't wait for the 40th anniversary thing for they do for Jedi, where they literally just played out like verbatim, where like it's gonna be the Boba Fett thing of, but instead, like, I'm sorry. Like the Emperor from Robot Chicken, where we hear the intro to Baba O'Reilly, except it's like, hi, it's me, Boba Fett. Remember that time where Darth Vader said to me, no disintegrations? Let me tell you more about that. And he's like, telling it, he's telling it in advance from inside the Sarlacc pit. Yes. It's like, how yeah. did I end up here? Well, there was this one day where I disintegrated everything. Exactly. They have to explain everything. I, I kind of, like, the problem with that book, though, is that book's insanely expensive. I think it's almost like $40. Oh, yeah, my it's God. No, yeah, it's no bigger than any of the other novels that they've released. Like, it's no bigger than I think. Also, like, also, can we like? The, okay, first of all, like, don't don't buy it unless you already did. And in which case, no, do do it. report or, on it if you did buy it. Or but, you could use um, audibletrial.com/slash/zingness and just get the audible. I just want to take mean, a the There's so that, there's a, whoa 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 whoa. Is, is this true, Zinger? Are you sponsored by Audible? 
Yes, I've been for a while. Does no one read the liner notes? <laughs> Whoa, Zenger, you finally hit it big. You you're sponsored by the same company that sponsors every media thing on the internet. I mean, I just gotta say, these Raycom earbuds, you guys are coming in so crystal clear. <laughs> if you use code Zygnus at checkout, you'll save twenty five percent. And this Black Friday, you'll be able to get an extra twenty percent off your next order of um casper mattresses patreon.com slash unbelievers podcast and uh slash squarespace and and get yourself nord vpn so the bikers can (laughs) intercept your transmissions but um but can we something that's been speaking of books though can we just like something that's that's a story i saw yesterday which really bothered me that like i don't know if you guys will care about this at all but there was a story doing the rounds that alan dean foster uh, the the original uh, writer of the novelization of A New Hope from, from which came out in seventy six, um, mm. which was which was listed on the cover as George Lucas wrote it, but it was Alan Dean Foster, and uh, he also wrote the first f- sequel, which spent, Splinter like, of the Mind's Eye. There it is. So apparently, since twenty thirteen, oh, he is or eye. something. Since since the Disney purchase, he has not been paid royalties on the reprints of those two books, which is like how much money could it be to them? So it's gross in the first place, but he probably had a great deal because he was in so early in the early, in the late seventies that like he had some deal where he was getting royalties on all the sales, right? Something they don't do anymore. I know if these, these, these incredibly lucky writers who got to partake in the certain point of view books, I don't think they have such a great deal, but apparently they've cut him off and I don't know if it's legal or not. And it's, he's been writing about it outspokenly and it's kind of gross and he even did the novelization for The Force Awakens, which yep. I guess would have been after. They already cut him off, so that's kind of weird. But, um, but like, you know, it's just, like, it's a shocking to me that they would, that the whatever amount of money it could be, and they have reprinted both of those books a couple of times since they bought, since Disney bought Lucasfilm. Because they have the Legends banner on the Splinter yeah. of the Mind now. So it's just like, I don't know how much money it could be to them, but it's not worth a story like this. So, like, they, sh- they should probably clear that up because it's a PR disaster. And Alan Dean Foster. Is it, though? It is should it though? be. It should be. If it isn't. Okay, well, let me get. Well, this is the thing, though. I, I, I've heard bits and pieces of this story. Obviously, we don't know what the contract looks like. Um, but, like, if it's anything like I know. writing of, on it. Um, indeed. Um, if He's it's any national treasure. No, but if, like, if it's anything, oh God, do we have to go steal the contract for Star Wars. Sure, why not? Um, the... call Nicholas Cage. It's on the back of the opening crawl. <laughs> he he, inv- he invented. Zinger, Mim- we have to steal the opening crawl. <laughs> he invented Mimbon for Christ's sake, guys! Come on, like he's a hero. You know, he invented this terrible character who who ratted on the Mandalorian in the most recent episode. Come on, fair. That is fair. That is a Mimbon character. So I think Chris is, Chris has made his point. Um, no, like those sort of stories remind me of what's currently happening with the uh, Friday the Thirteenth rights. Where like Sean Cunningham brought in like Victor Miller to write the original script for Friday the Thirteenth, and then like how many years later now that like the copyright has like lapsed, and like Victor Miller claims that like oh I own the rights to the series, and it's like like it's one of those things where like I I get like, in a legal sense I get both sides' arguments, but like 
clearly Victor Miller did not do anything with the series beyond the first film. And yet I wonder if, again, I think it's an apples to oranges comparison at best, but I think it's probably something similar where there probably was some loophole or something in the original contracts. Cause think about a lot of this stuff, like when they sign it, there's like a lot of these contracts come off the shelves, especially if it was signed like back in like 75 um, or 76, I could see maybe there's a clause in there that says that like in the event that Lucasfilm is sold or if the parent company is sold, all contracts go up for renegotiation and Alan Dean Foster's people or agent did not notice that and didn't look into it. And Disney just took advantage of it. I could see them doing that. I, I, again, I'm just spitballing here. I have no right. idea if that's the case. I, I see that. But at the same time, I don't think he would have. I don't think he'd be going out there on a limb if it's literally in the contract because like like there was some quote from Disney about not they there was some weird I don't know where it came I should have done a little more research before bringing it up but there was some quote about them not but they're buying a company not liabilities some some guy said something stupid about it on record and it's just like it's just like it, like if that was in the original contract Alan Dean Foster should probably not be talking about it, and I don't think that he would. But that's but that's the thing though. People realize if they bitch on social media, they can get what they want. Like think about it. so. Like if you were if you were outmaneuvered, Which I guess it's but it's that's like the first I, thing you do. You try to shame the company into getting what you want. And that's that's the standard operating procedure of a lot of things in the last mm. ten years. I don't know. Like it's kind of like it's like again. Everyone's taking this as another like David Prowse situation, where it's like oh man, like, the guy. Okay, was hold on. Alan Dean Foster is like. Contributed a lot more to the Star Wars universe than David Prowse. Let's be fair. Yeah, I was hoping this would end up with Alan Dean Forster somehow owning Star Wars in some kind of weird legal well, loophole. Q. It could, it could be. It, it, I would be interested in that. But he's a little. I think he's like a little too long in the tooth to feel like he's doing much with it. I don't know if the novelization of The Force Awakens is considered a creative masterpiece or not. I didn't check it out. He's like that hobo from The Simpsons who got one of them. He's sitting out front of uh, Skywalker Ranch, like, you know, eating beans. He's got to be pretty old. Like, I, I mean, I don't know, but it's, 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 I, but he's, you know, he's, he's done a, t a million books, right? Like, so oh, it's yeah. kind of like, it's kind of like he, he did a lot of the feature film novelizations. I think he did the, the first Alien as well, like a bunch yep. of stuff and like a bunch of original books, right? So it just seems like a weird thing for him to be getting crazy about if the, if, if it's, if it's like, totally within the contract but anyway i just saw it and i was like that's a shame because splendor of the mind's eye is awesome and the original novelization of star wars is awesome i think and they'll ever make some kind of um animated film of that you think they no. did a graphic they novel. have to run out of like every <clears throat> idea first i think for some reason but 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 when you think about that book like even if you like what was the it's the first can it's the first uh expanded universe use of kyber crystals there's a lot going on with like obi-wan's ghost talking to luke from beyond the grave like the and there's hey, there's luke. a lot of interesting stuff hey. in there so hey, you know he bothers him a little bit yeah he like that kind of like that yeah darth vader gets his arm cut off falls it's down like a giant mine shaft and i mean you know and oh, i mean like they use that later for something else yeah mm. and it's got the best it's got the best cover of perhaps like any book ever so, like, you know, there's a lot going on for it. But that was Ralph McQuarrie, I guess. But anyway, I saw that and I was just like, that's a bummer because you brought up that book. So, like, when you bring up a story about a certain point of view, like any other Star Wars news-related article that's about books is way more interesting than a certain point of view. So, like, that's where my mind immediately went. Ah, okay. Yeah. Fair. Um, 
Yeah, like I said, I I guess I still have a ton of Star Wars books to read. I, I still I look at my bookshelf. I have like, oh, the first book in the new Thrawn trilogy. I have the Legends and Lore, like the Star Wars, like Goosebump, Dark Legends, the Target version that comes with a bunch of new stories. Mm. I, have the, I have that lightsaber collection book, which is incredible. I love that book so, so much. That book is, that book is, every, I stare at the Leia Saber page for like, like hours and I'm like, ah, oh. I'm like, come on. Yeah, I just refused to read they, books after I was forced I, to read that one. I thought they, uh, didn't they make the Leia Saber for Galaxy's Edge? No, they, they still have not done that in oh, really? fury i want the ray saber too. oh man i just saw the um i just saw that like a like a new black series dooku one came out and i'll probably get that because now you can take the blade out of it so it just looks like a normal hilt you don't have to have this like stick coming out of it all the time and i also like, have an asajj ventress one where you can yeah, get both but, of them they connect and it's all like woo. that's pretty cool but like the dooku one like the only one for the longest time was like the master replicas one which was like discontinued for like 15 years so it's like thousands of dollars so it's nice that there's like a cheap relatively cheap dooku saber you can actually get now considering it's clearly the most interesting hilt like by far yeah they never really figured that out for the cheap toy market man i, I would have probably had a few of them here by now those look pretty good the blacks <sighs> the new black series ones look pretty good and i'm glad you can finally take the blade out because that's like how ridiculous can you get displaying a lightsaber with a plastic blade that's not even illuminated? Yeah, yeah or like a wobbly blade or something because it has to fit in that yeah, bent hilt. That ain't fun. Preposterous. Exactly. As I glance over at my Obi-Wan Kenobi episode, one lightsaber exactly. does not have a removable hilt. That's a shame. I mm. want. I got really Actually, mad. I could just put on my Black Series uh, prototype helmet and just feel good about myself again. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. I was really disappointed that on shopdisney.com they put up the refor the Galaxy's Edge Reforged Skywalker Saber, and I couldn't buy it because I'm not a D23 member. Uh, well, you know, then the A New Hope version is like way cooler, anyways. And you know, no. that's a bit Reforged Skywalker Saber. I want that it, one. Bubble strip or nothing, man. But anyway, <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah. But have Fair. you guys, um, have you guys seen like there's like. Uh, so the the Galaxy's Edge ones, do you guys have any of those? Have any of you bought one of those? I'm no, trying to, so Disney keeps stopping me. Interesting. I don't know if they how they sort of stack up quality wise. I haven't looked at like com good comparisons. I and, heard that they're pretty like they're they're on Black Series level. Oh yeah. And then can we also confirm that none of us paid for the like three hundred and fifty dollar razor quest razor crest to Casbro Kickstarter? No, yeah, no, no one paid for that. Looks okay. off awkwardly. Look, I just stuck with the six hundred dollar <laughs> custom job some guy's working on me right yeah. now. I'm not going with that plebe version. No, I wish. No. <laughs> Yours is the black series six inch scale, right? That takes up a whole room of your house. It's good. Perfect. Yeah. Speaking of I... taking up a whole room of my house, um, I've got Lego news. Oh, yes. I think where everyone knows where this is going. So now I have to be a torn individual between buying the uh, Star Destroyer or buying the Coliseum. Like, the, like what? Episode two Coliseum is a set. What is the Coliseum? episode nine Coliseum? No, no, no. Ray like the Roman the Coliseum. Oh. oh, it's the it is the officially the biggest set ever made for for Lego. Most pieces of all time and. Man, it looks gorgeous. You could put an Ackley in there and all kind of clones. You could do <laughs> yeah, it I could. I didn't, realize the, I didn't realize the Star Destroyer was still in production. I thought that would it be is. like triple the price by now. No, I mean, it's still like 800 bucks. 
that, but that's, I have yeah, no that's clue where I'm going to put it. So. That's so funny. That's so funny. Like, I remember, like, like uh, my, my girlfriend's a big Harry Potter fan, and, like, she was really lusting after that in Harry Potter castle, but she's like, oh, oh you mean man. the one that's sitting, like, right outside of the yeah, recording yeah. area? There you go, right? Right there in the box I can go stare at or kick. Right, yeah, the that one. There you go. Oh, you didn't build it yet? No, that, that's that's an Ellie thing, and she's trying to find okay. room to put that, and I'm just well, going to... Well, you know, I just oh, wanted no, to... Like, perfect idea. Perfect. Once she builds it, I'll buy the Star Destroyer and have it crashing into the castle. <laughs> I mean, you'd get a lot of views, but make sure you get it rent a decent slow-mo camera for the yes. shoot. Yes. Yeah. Um, All right. But, uh, but, but you know, so, but, like, she, she was... My girlfriend really wanted that, but she's like, oh... It's five hundred dollars. Never mind that. And I'm like, just like lifting my collar, like, ooh, never mind. That's the cost of like one vintage Star Wars figure. But uh, are you cool? <laughs> she was yeah, so blown. She thought the cost was so preposterous that she's like, I can't justify that for a collectible. My goodness. I know, right? You sit there hoarding yours. Yeah, no, I was about to say, standing, uh, sitting in front of thousands of dollars. Of stuff. Yeah, she's not really in the loop. Like, she doesn't really understand what she's looking at. She sees like an old TG and Y price tag for three ninety nine. You're like, yeah, my my boyfriend collects trash. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I have, yeah. Well, they all have, they all have, yeah, they all have like two ninety nine stickers on them. And yeah, I had yeah, most just of stick it. with that. Yeah. yeah, I had most of it like before I met her, and so she just thinks it's garbage, obviously, right? But like, we should probably have that conversation at some point. <laughs> but I don't know. It's but but I just thought it was funny. She's like thought that was a ridiculous price for like probably the best Harry Potter collectible available on the market. <laughs> Like that's yeah. pretty in that's pretty I don't like even like Lego or Harry Potter, but like a giant like castle Lego build, that's pretty fun. It looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun. I can't wait for her to take up an entire room of the house to build it. And I can't wait to throw the Star Destroyer at it. Yeah, I feel like the like the big Falcon, like those are like a month long build pretty much, right? Like something like that. I get I it took me like an afternoon to build the smaller Falcon. So Right, but the big Falcon's like eight thousand pieces or something, right? Yeah, I'm I I, I ain't doing that. And uh, my my um, smaller pathetic Falcon, by comparison, that is currently being driven by the Mandalorian because I took his little minifig from the uh, ATST and he is piloting the Falcon right now. So take that solo, as it should be. So Han Solo is dead, didn't you know? So it's fine. Yeah, He's... I mean, not in. Was Din Jarn at the Battle of Whatever? Oh, definitely. Vexical? Yeah, there we go. That un place. Un unconfirmed. Mm, yeah, Most until the special edition. I mean, everyone and their uncle was there, so he was there. That's weird. He's not even listed in the novelization. That's the weird I, thing. Like, was I know, this people it's so listed, sad. But... but everybody loves Lando, so he was there. Axe Wolves, uh. there. Okay, so also like, but like, so back to like, just quickly back to this episode, like, dark troopers are awesome. Before we close this up, dark troopers are awesome. Dark forces, the Jedi Knight series of video games are like so underrated, and it's a shame that they don't remaster them because children don't like going back and playing old video games, even though they have better stories than most of the stuff Disney is putting out. Never mind that. But like, They're it's based off of Doom, and that game like corrupts the youth. Right, you know, it's like heavy metal music. It's bad news, but um, Metallica. Yeah, but 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 I'm not even talking about that. Like the the one that, the game after that, Jedi Knight on PC that came out in like '97, that had with its full motion filmed cutscenes and all that. That was a that that's like one of the things that really got me into Star Wars, 
and like it's and the fact that like in 2001 like years and when you're like i was a lot younger when when you realize that like four or five years have passed and they're actually putting out a sequel to like a game that you thought like no one cared about it's like you're they're literally maintaining a continuity of characters over four or five years because that's how desperate they are when no Star Wars movies are coming out, right? <laughs> it's just like, that was so great to see that story progress, and it went in a lot of interesting directions, and it's cool. I'm Even though they already had Dark Troopers and Rebels, it's cool to see them moving it into a live-action thing. And I feel like it makes more sense almost in the context of an Imperial Remnant, because they're, they're, it's like it's like when you don't have, when you don't have a, a uh, congregation of soldiers and when you're low on supplies battle droids are a great alternative we've seen that before so it kind of makes sense and for sort of an under-equipped imperial army context so i like i i think it's going to be cool but it's it might feel very similar to um those new republic droids that were on that uh yeah, sentry. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah well i mean yeah. they are so strapped for people that they had like a commander shoot both of his pilots and then try to crash himself into something and then chew a piece of five gum afterwards. I was real dark. I didn't, I don't, I don't, I, it made me uncomfortable. I know. I'm very uncomfortable with people that chew their gum that loudly too. <laughs> but you know, it's, uh. a, it's a tough realization that like he could have just had a normal Star Wars equivalent of the cyanide pill, but because it's a visual medium, and because it's twenty twenty, well, because it's a visual medium and it's twenty twenty, it's not sufficient for him to have poisoned himself without us being able to see his head get destroyed in some visual way. So yeah, that's a little, know, little I, Death Star yeah. watch that shot a laser in his face. That would <laughs> have been something different. You have to know that he's dead visually, so they had to electrocute him to some degree. But uh, that's, that's really what it comes down to. So what do you guys think of the way this wrapped up now, the way this season's going? We've got we know we've got a tracker on the Razor Crest. We know he's headed on his way to see Ahsoka Tano, allegedly, allegedly, and this is just gonna kinda put all those forces in one place. And presumably probably Bo Katan's gonna end up there as well, right? She has to show up again, but I I don't know how they're gonna fit her. Like you're right. Yeah, she will show up again, but I just don't know how. I, I don't. That's the weird thing. Like, well, I she's got like, an imperial ship, so she maybe she somehow knows that Gideon knows where Mando is, and it's just you know they're all gonna kind of trail each other and all end up in one place. And we yeah. all know that the Empire never reports their stolen ships as stolen, so they can roll up on any installation oh with God, that you're same right. ship. Yeah, shuttle Tiderian. There we yeah, go. Yeah, there it is. Oh god, yeah. I I don't know where this is going. I it, it's I feel like this episode is laying a lot of, a lot of groundwork for things that are, that are unnecessary right now. Not unnecessary, it's not the right word. Um I think it's laying the groundwork for things that shouldn't be prioritized in the second season of a show. I yeah, I think you've got a you got a main character who doesn't know what he's getting into either. Like as far as Mandalorian goes, he doesn't like understand Ahsoka and, and Jedi. And like, he, does he think he's just going to drop her, you know, drop baby Yoda off to her. And that's it. Like, it doesn't feel like that's what this kid. is going to be. Yeah. I don't think this is what it's going to be. This isn't going to go the way you think. My, wow. my, the thing I'm most excited for is when all the like Ashley Eckstein fanboys like start screaming when it's not her and like it's Rosario Dawson, which they already know it is, and it's been announced for ages, and they can see it coming, but they're still gonna be mad about it, and I don't care. Why did they cast uh, Katie Sackoff? 
as Boca Tampa, they couldn't cast Ashley Eckstein as Ahsoka. Yeah, because that's what I'm saying. Uh, because- Ashley Eckstein fans in shambles after all this. It's like they get all they ever wanted, and Boca Tan got it, and not her. It's I mean, called a ca- it's called having a casting director, and they know <laughs> hope, if they're doing their job correctly. It's called having a good agent. Gonna, if they're doing their job correctly, they know who's going to be a compelling on-screen presence, and they know what's going to what's going to deliver on screen and what's going to seem plausible and real. And I think they made the right call. And we, I, I'm we, gonna, we hope they made the right call. I believe they made the right call. Okay, You'll never, you will never know though, because you're not going to see the alternative, right? You'll never will. So it's whether no, you, you think will it's when or we not. watch uh, the new um, Black Widow movie, and there's a TV going on in the background where we get to see the alternate version oh, of the Mandalorian. Oh god! I am on board with everything they are attempting to do right now over there. Allegedly, well, Bo-Katan trying, yeah. looks 75 years old. Oh, I'm fine with this version. <laughs> Hey, they could have made her. They could have made her like still interesting and given her a bit of age. I still stand by that. It's oh, a, yeah, it didn't have to be Betty White under the helmet, but it's, it's <laughs> yeah. You know, you could have you could have put a stripe of gray hair in there and given her a different headband for Christ's sake. Maybe a different it's her haircut. lucky headband, dude. Twenty eight years later, same headband, same haircut, and the haircut looked silly in live action. I'm not taking it back. It looked silly. Hair curlers or something. Give her some glasses. Age her up a little. What I find fascinating is that clearly like, the hairstyle in Clone Wars was designed because it was meant to be like easy for the animators to animate and it was cost effective. And they're just like, nope, we're not going to do anything different with it. And the and best like, thing, uh, and it's like no one in the 70% of the audience has never watched Clone more Wars. Than that, more than I, that. Yeah, I would say yeah, 90%. Yeah. yeah so it's like, who are you doing that for? Knock it off right now. It's ridiculous. They're doing it for the clickbait. And they, it gets also gets people who are in this, and they go and they read, they click the clickbait, and then they go, oh well, I'm gonna go watch some Clone Wars stuff. Let's see. Well, what this I mean, stuff. we all saw, might help with that. Oh, speaking of clickbait, I just had to get right? this out. That guy, I keep bringing up Axe Wolves. That was a clickbait article. That that was George Lucas named that character. That he was on the set the day that guy was filming, and he said, oh, oh. this guy doesn't have a name yet, and he came up with Axe Wolves. Who was that? George Lucas. No, what oh. was the character? <laughs> he's the one. He's the one, uh, not Boba Fett, who's helping Bo Katan. Who remember the guy who said one sentence? He's old, He's the guy. Not he's the guy, not Boba Fett. Yeah, he could shoot the side of a bantha. <laughs> I, I almost, I almost don't want to believe that story because if George Lucas was on set and like that was his input for the day, Lord help us all. No, 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 his, his uh, actual input was no. I wanted the I wanted the noodle platter number five. You. You obviously brought me the number four. Hey, George, what should we name this character? Um, Go to hell. <laughs> this, this sax blows. He's listening to music or something. Like, what did he say? He said axe wolves. Say what <laughs> Got it. Okay. Yeah, it's actually a code for something. We're going to decode it later and find out that he slams. Yeah, he went to fire something. some guy named Wolves. And he's like, yeah. you got to axe wolves. And you're like, okay. It's an anagram. That guy. He, he, was, he was my assistant back during, during the filming of Empire. And... And he never got my order right for Taipei. Well, and I just got to say, George, can you just stop? Well, but anyway, so when we were filming Empire, I was sitting there one day going, you know what? We need to have a stormtrooper that looks like a, a Boba Fett. What's a Boba Fett? Well, well, then we went down the road of, you know, there was this there was this terrible thing I was involved in called the holiday special. And oh, my God, George, shut up. I mean, it shouldn't be yeah, too hard. To f- one-sided conversation for your entertainment. It, it shouldn't be too hard to figure out what he's trying to say with the name. Like we got Newt Gunray after all, right? 
But um, but uh, you you Lot could. God. Yeah, <laughs> what was that about, right? It's so hard to decipher. But um, but you you the, you know there could be like some like. Like, what would it, oh man, how great would it be to be a fly on the wall on a day where Lucas is on set for one of those things? You saw that one clip, I don't know if you watched the Disney gallery, that one clip where, um, where Favreau was like trying to talk to Lucas about the, about the holiday special, like rifle. And, and he was like, you wrote that, right? And he, Lucas, you could, he just did not want to talk about it. And when you just see that dynamic between them, it almost makes me feel like they're not saying anything to each other the rest of the time. Cause he was just deferring. He was just like, no, it wasn't me. He, Lucas did not want to talk about it at all. He's like, he's just like, he's why just is this dude so obsessed with the one thing I don't like really want to be associated with at all? It's like, come on. There's a lot of other stuff. It's yeah, a taboo. That, it's a forbidden fruit. Yeah. And so the best thing about Lucas since then is that picture of him cradling baby Yoda, which is like horribly out of focus, which is a real shame. John Favreau should learn how to take a picture with his iPhone. But, um, bold, bold statements, bold statements today. On yeah. 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 I mean, but you know, but like, I'm glad, I'm glad we have it, but like he was clearly in such a rush to take it that he just couldn't contain himself. And it's got a lot of motion boyer. But anyways, uh, you know, I'm 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 still in, I'm enjoying it so far. I don't know about you guys. You seem a little bit jaded. I'm having fun with it though, and I think that if they would just figure out their action sequences in a way that didn't make my eyes roll back to the vertical and looking at my brain, <laughs> like, where I could believe the action, like I, I would still love take that. it. I like yeah. I like seeing more of the Empire, even if the this is past prime Empire. I like seeing them a little bit on their heels and getting taken advantage of and stuff. It, I, I dig where the show's going, I, and it, yeah, of course, I'm excited again for next week. I'm I'm I've been excited for this. This is this has been amazing. I was so excited that I went out and bought the um not Mandalorian Mandalorian helmet, and they <laughs> tried those 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 people at the store I went to that at that game place that I had to stop at. They tried to trick me by getting me to buy a Inferno Trooper helmet too, or an Incentive Trooper, whatever it is. And I told him I already had one. <laughs> I was going to say, you have to tell him, please stop, sir. I already have that one. I was you like, I already what? got it. And the guy stared at me, and he goes, "Well, you could have two. <laughs> well, you know, they're 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 minutes away from going out of business, so I was you might say, he's probably <laughs> like, my my family has yeah. to eat. Please well, yeah, yeah, they're on the rocks, man. <laughs> but um. But uh, you know, it's they should they should just keep reissuing the plain stormtrooper helmet because that's great. Like if you're gonna like I don't know how like how, if you got room for a stormtrooper helmet in your life, it should be the plain one. I don't know what they're trying to do with all these repaints. Find that one anymore right now? Right, but if you were gonna have one, would that not be the only one you'd consider buying? They need to knock it off with the repaints. It's something always going to come back to in one of these movies. We've seen it in this. We've seen it in Rogue One and Rebels. It's it's, it's uh, Star Wars Evergreen, uh, OG Stormtrooper. Yeah, I got that. I just got that one in the Boba Fett because they look the most accurate to me That the, for the Black Series ones. That Vader one was a little weird. I'm not going to lie. wasn't about it. Well, I am eyeing the, um, the bundle that the Stop Game Place has where you can get the um, Luke Skywalker helmet with the um the video game where it comes squadrons yes so i can that that helmet does look pretty good yeah that's so i can sit there and wear the helmet while playing the game or you can feel like like ray Zach has always dreamed of me doing you go sit in the backyard and eat lunch with that thing on like ray (laughs) (laughs) russ don't give me ideas or you could be like a way more convincing x-wing pilot than cowboy hat man 
Also, I, I, I asked my uh, supervisor at work if I could wear said um, Boba Fett helmet in, and he goes, "No, you can't see out of it." I'm like, "But it's designed to like stop light blaster fire, and it's also rated for space travel." You should have told him that you would put the blast shield up so you could even see. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to help them help themselves at this point, and they're just telling me no. So, what do you do? Anyways, I kind of want to buy a second one of these helmets because I want to custom paint it myself. Like something really cool. Oh, you made the Rasta uh, Lorian? Yeah! Uh, I I have like zero interest. It was funny because Ellie's like, why didn't you want the Boba Fett one? I'm like, because Boba Fett's kind of lame. Technically. What? 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 Boba Fett's kind of no, like dissing Boba Fett. Exactly. I have the Boba Fett one. When, okay, when I could get the cool prototype helmet and then wait to get the Mando helmet, which comes out in like April, I'd rather have those two over that and the Boba Fett helmet. The Mando one should get like 3D print an outfit and just keep it white and you'd be lazy and not have to paint it. That's the whole point of getting the prototype thing. You don't have to paint exactly. anything. Exactly. Everyone would be like, oh, you must be a stormtrooper, and I will start punching people. You can wear a white tuxedo in that hat, and it looks great. Exactly. Russ, I, hey, you, you and me, man, same mind. Same mind, different bodies. <laughs> hey, listen, I thought of that, too. It is great for like, every event. I thought of that, too, but, at, like, I like I had, to go, I had to go with the movie one. But isn't it great, though, that, like, like the, that Boba Fett prototype helmet is literally based on some 1979-ish behind the scenes VHS garbage tape that like has Ben, I think Ben Burt's in the costume or he's maybe standing in front of it. And, uh, some other guy, I forget who's in the costume if it's not Ben Burt, but, uh, but it's like literally like they have a early version of the costume and they're just talking about the different details of it. And I, that tape probably got released to the public, like in the early two thousands. I don't know if it was out any earlier than that. And yeah, it's I don't like never ever seen that before. Yeah, and 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 there's a there's a I don't know what it costs in costs with America dollars, but it's probably around a hundred bucks, right? It's amazing that there's a product on the market that's based on a grimy VHS of behind the scenes footage. That's a hundred dollars. <laughs> How many times have they I, made I mean, that into a, a figure? Yeah, I was gonna say the figure. I don't. I only know. I think of what one or two actual figures of it. They were really they did six really inch, and they did three and three quarter inch, and they, they did it. And the Disney Elite series did one too. Yeah, right? and so, yeah, and Disney Elite. It's been around, like yeah, yeah. Chocolate, white chocolate set. And it's interesting because it's like you know, like like really, everyone who's buying that stuff up, like definitely saw that little VHS tape, and they know what that's from. It's weird. It's a weird community, man. It's interesting, but I like the fact that something like that is selling just as good as the one that actually looks how it does in the movie. Hilarious. You can probably see something like it on you know, on someday in this show, season three, season four. There's some sect oh God, of just don't like give them well, ideas. don't give them yeah. ideas. All don't white. No, the guys, it was guys. It was in Rebels already. Don't even worry about it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind. No, it was in Clone. Well, no, wait. Wasn't that in Clone Wars? They had the Obi Wan wears the uh, well in Rebels. The OG they, helmet in Rebels. In Rebels, they had it where it was like the early Ralph McQuarrie version of the helmet that looked a little different. But I'm surprised Boba Fett never showed up in Rebels. Probably because they were in pre-production of that movie that never happened, and they didn't want. Probably, to like, yeah. probably. But I think it's interesting that they never threw him into the mix. There, you think he'd be, be a prime spot for him just to kind of make a one-off appearance? Yeah, it would have been the right time too to do it. Oh well. Yeah, well, you only you got him now. You only get his non-appearance in Solo, where he walks by briefly. That's all you get for that era of Disney. What? 
Wait, I didn't catch that. He was he was, had a walk around in solo. Look it up. He's in oh. solo. He's in solo. There's a screenshot. He just walks by. That's all it is. Where is he? In one of the cantinas or something? Yeah, one of those. One of the fifty cantinas in solo. <laughs> <laughs> but it's right. like, yeah. I, I've never heard of that before until right now. Beautiful. Well, he has a straight up standard Boba Fett helmet, and he's in one of the bars. So, like, there's a there's a screenshot of it. It's real. Wait, wait. Yeah. Is this some Canadian cut of the movie? <laughs> we need more Boba. Eh? Put him back in the cantina. Oh, yeah, Dude, he's got, like, the Black Series helmet and, like, a puffy fur jacket. It's there. You look it up right now. Please hold. Wasn't there something Wasn't there something you guys were talking about last week where you guys were like, oh, there's some news about Solo 2, but we'll talk about it later? Oh, yeah, I did. You know what? It was, like, two days later I realized we never went back to that. When will so people anyways, give it up with the hashtag the news Solo, on 2? Solo 2? Oh my god, never gonna happen. No, who wants it? Why would anyone want it? Boring. Raise his hand. Raise his hand. Slowly raise his hand Slowly above his Slowly raise his hand. Look, yeah. I, I want to go to yes. I miss Denny's. I've been to Denny's since solo, and I, I have, have need excuse to go take the drive to go back. Therm scissor punch. Let's have a solo too with a 40-year-old Alan Ehrenreich, which continuity oh wise makes no sense at all. Yes, please. And let's have please. him once please. again discover that he's a good person before a new hope. Oh, please stop. Stop stop enticing me, Chris. I need more of this. That's the only good thing about the Calrissian Endor series is that we're going to get old Aaron Mike Han Solo again. That's I the hope only... That I, and I hope that's the only place we see him ever again. No, spinoff. And it'll do so well, they'll give him his own TV series. Up there with the Bad Batch, Ahsoka, uh, Baby Yoda eats macaroons on a daily basis. Um, also, favorite. they shouldn't have macaroons in Star Wars. I don't know what kind of peasant <laughs> audience they think they're doing things to who don't. Oh, you just answered your own question. You just answered your own question. I oh my. How God. how okay if, okay? Let's pretend that everything going on in the world wasn't happening right now. How fast will we be getting blue macaroons at Galaxy's Edge? You can already get them at your local Whole Foods. <laughs> so don't worry or, about it. or you can get them by um by. Oh, dang it, I had something for this. Um, Blue Apron, um, sponsor of Zingness Podcast. You can you can get the recipes for <laughs> Blue Apron. Use code Zingness at checkout. Make it till oh you make God. it, man. It's good. Or, also, HelloFresh. We, we, we do both. We, we get both sides of that. So. Yeah, and I guess I'll just give my nature box code while I'm here. What the <laughs> hell is the show turned into? <laughs> Zach, get it back, my man. Okay, all right. I th- I think we're I think we've run running on fumes right now. Um, we've running on fumes on a while now. Um, so concludes this episode of Knights of Vader, a Star Wars Thankfully. podcast. Thankfully. Something something <laughs> Facebook group, something something Instagram, something something at gmail.com. And Russell is indeed right, folks. I do not read emails. I read Gus's emails, but. I never respond to them. Um, I am a bad podcast host. Um, if you like what you hear, please rate, review, subscribe to us on iTunes, whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to us on. Thank you for whoever Zenger called an inferiority complex last week. Um, check welcome. out the show notes to hear more from them. It's Rob's uh, fault for making up a word. He, <laughs> Rob's response to that is it's literally inferiority, but with an SP instead of an F. He's like, it shouldn't I, be that hard for people to figure I this out. I honestly caught point. myself earlier today not knowing if uh, if you were going to be here, Zach, thinking, well, maybe I'll do the intro, and I actually tried to practice it, and I don't even, I, I don't have to say it, so I won't. No, 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 no man, you just, you just go into it try- blind. 
just run straight into it and hope for the best. Thank you to the inflammatory process of whatever <laughs> he did a song. Anyway, I'm saying <laughs> Oh my god. All right. Um something something cinematis podcast. I think I might be involved. I'm not even sure anymore. Um Zenger, when you're not hawking your wares on this third rate Star Wars podcast, where people find you? Well, they can find me sleeping on my Casper mattress. I use code Zenger to check out. Nice. But 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 in all seriousness, um you, you can find me on Zingness uh, talking about nerdy stuff every week. And also um, you can find me using my Quip to- toothbrush. It uh, battery in it lasts for three months, which is the perfect amount of time that is do- that is dentist recommended for you to before you have to get a new toothbrush. And of course, with our coupon, you will get a discount on every one of your orders. Use code Zingness at checkout. If it doesn't work, <laughs> please tell them to sponsor us. And look, if you want to feel as good as Zanger does, knowing that there's a multiverse out there, uh, go check out Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a great <laughs> source of men's um, bedroom assistance. <laughs> and Blue check out Chew Blue is podcast. actually, I think, like a dog food. <laughs> no, it's boner gum. <laughs> sure, Blue Chew. Check it out. Can we? Do I, I give you dogs? Do, do I have to bleep out boner gum? <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it's a real thing, but I feel like I have to. We talked about mur- murder gum like all last week and this week. I think I think that one could slide by. Thank Barrick and the episode. <laughs> Chris, please place half our misery. Well, you can you can find me at the Chris Porteous on Instagram and probably this podcast next week because I even though I every single time I think that my not my Star Wars views and and 90s computer Star Wars game nostalgia will get me kicked off for the next episode. I seem to still continue getting invites to come back, so you can probably find me here next week. Indeed, sir. Wow. Indeed. Bold statement. Bold statement from the... It's always the intriguing guest. and informed, Chris. Yes, well, Pro- I love Prove it. me wrong. Don't invite me back. Fourth <laughs> best uh, collector in all of Canada. Nothing says you're honored to be here like challenging the host to not invite you back. <laughs> How can I get off this show? Let me tell him to not bring me back. Zanger, you're an expert on being held hostage against your will. Maybe you I can help Chris get off this week. podcast. You, hey, I'm, you I'm having fun. To last I just episode we're okay with it. That's why I'm still here. I, I, like I'm enjoying myself. I just feel like you know I'm derailing it a little bit, but I guess that's fun. That's that's the unofficial show. motto. That's kind of part of it. Yeah, you have to <laughs> you have to get through your first four derailments before you can like get that knighthood thing. So I'm definitely well on the way. Gotcha. Good night, but not goodbye. And as always, may the force be with you. This is the way. Oh, wait, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. This is the way.